Marshall slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Locke looks up, taps it back to Donov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Legitimate question. I've been wondering this uh, for the last uh, half an hour or so since news broke that the Boston Bruins uh, made a coaching change, uh, relieving uh, Butch Cassidy of his duties after a very good run, got to a Stanley Cup final, and uh, and didn't make the playoffs uh, uh, or made the playoffs uh, every year. So it's uh, it's been a wonderful uh, ride in his full years as coach of the Boston Bruins. How long is the suitable length to wait before another team phones Bruce and asks him if he's interested in coaching? Immediately. Yeah, yeah. why would you wait? Why wait? Yeah. So Steve Eisenman in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon in in Vegas. You you phone you phone right away. Like, cause, Absolutely, because he he will be the guy that will be interviewed for every job if he wants to be uh, the coach next year in, in the National Hockey League. Right up there with Barry Trotz. Uh, Trotz uh, maybe lost a little bit of leverage today. Uh, I don't know how much goes uh, goes into that, but. Bruce Cassidy becomes a legitimate uh, uh, force on the coaching front uh, with all these teams with vacancies. Yeah, I, I think that there's a degree of leverage for sure that that is now kind of not within the control of Barry Trotz. Like, there might be teams out there that if this became an option, Bruce Cassidy's now their first choice. And that's that's perfectly fair and, and well within their right. So I'm fascinated to see how quickly it happens for Bruce Cassidy. But the fact of the matter is like, I, if I, if I've got an opening, if I'm Kelly McCrimmon, I'm George McPhee. Um, I pick up that phone about two seconds after I see that news come across. The uh, idea that, uh, that you make a, a coaching change and do you bring in some new blood or do you go uh, with somebody that's uh, more tried and true? There is three coaches with trots, and and then we throw uh, Pete DeBoer into the mix. Not not Vegas, but uh, but the other clubs, and then Bruce Cassidy. Uh, there's some some really good options out there. Vegas would be looking at uh, at trots or Bruce Cassidy or uh, some of the other names, but uh, but maybe another round of interviews uh, goes for uh, forward uh, with Bruce Cassidy if he's interested, and people will be reaching out to see if he's going to uh, coach next year and. That could hold up uh, this whole uh, hiring uh, carousel a little bit more. You know, I, I, I'd I, love to see what ends up happening if Bruce Cassidy is agreed to terms within the next four or five days. And I don't know that it's going to happen that quickly, but I would love to see kind of the dominoes that would fall from there. Like how much does that put Barry Trotz on a faster track to picking his next destination if say for the sake of argument, Bruce Cassidy becomes the next head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, right? Or the Florida Panthers make a decision. Like the the, the potential for movement 
I think right now has been at an all is is now at an all time high because you just introduced a new wrinkle to what was event uh, more or less status quo when it came to coaches. Uh, we kind of had the draft circled as uh, as a time period which uh, you were saying, okay, will they have a coach in? Because that's the next real big event on on the hockey calendar. Will the uh, the club have uh, a head coach in place by then? Kelly McCrimmon was very upfront with us, uh, mm-hmm. talking about there's no timetable. Uh, they're going to go through uh, the process, and 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 uh, maybe the draft, maybe not the draft. Uh, I don't even know whether it was meant uh, or mentioned uh, uh, in in specificity uh, or not. But uh, I I don't know whether uh, these teams do have a coach. That's the seventh and the eighth of of July. So. Uh, with this latest uh, uh, situation, uh, it, it may not happen. Uh, I, I I feel like it will. Like I I don't know anything. I would venture to guess that when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights, there will be a coach in place prior to the draft. That's up. just my feeling on the situation. I could be wrong, but that's that's kind of where I where I think movement will happen. I think a lot of coaches uh, or people uh, that were hoping to get one of these jobs just uh, let loose with a big uh, expletive-filled sentence <laughs> uh, with with the with with the, with the Boston Bruins. And uh, why why did they make a change? Well, uh, Sweeney and Neely, uh, the two people uh, that uh, are president and general manager of the. Boston Bruins, Don and Cam, uh, were not exactly complimentary of uh, the way things ended in Boston this year. And there was a lot of talk about breakouts. I don't know whether you remember uh, yeah. the comments, but yeah. uh, it's fine to have all your breakouts uh, ready. But uh, if the other team does something and things don't according to plan, then you got to have a fallback option. Or what do you do with that? And uh, it just uh, uh, there was uh, there was a lot there that made me go, oh, this is kind of different a uh, different uh, narrative uh, coming out of uh, coming out of things uh, with the Boston Bruins so I'm not totally surprised and it's and it's been around for a long like Sweeney and and uh, Cassidy and and Neely have been in the same sphere uh, between Providence and Boston for a, a long time so maybe this is just uh, uh, the, the simple fact of uh, turning page in the right time with uh, with all the injuries and uh, the uh, rehabilitation that has to happen and the uh, uh, uncertainty regarding one Patrice Bergeron uh, that the Boston Bruins will, will go through but uh, another huge name on the market uh, on the uh, coaching front in the National Hockey League. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, one of those teams that went through a change mm-hmm. and promoted Jay Woodcroft from their American Hockey League affiliate. It helped uh, turn their season around and make the Stanley Cup playoffs now into a third round, but Jay is going to need every trick in the book tonight against the Colorado Avalanche in Game 4 mm-hmm. with the Avalanche up 3 nothing, and you are predicting or feeling like this could be over tonight. Yeah, it, it, it feels like this is the end of the road for the Edmonton Oilers, but I'm not going to count Connor McDavid out until the final horn sounds. I, I don't believe, and I picked the Oilers in this series because, of course I did. Uh, but yeah. anyway, I, like, I didn't expect it to be this underwhelming. I didn't expect Colorado to to shut things down the way that they have. I 
I think that you get a huge game tonight out of Connor McDavid. Like you want to talk about tricks up your sleeve. The trick that Jay Woodcroft has to play in this game is Connor McDavid for 35 minutes. Like no joke. You put him out there as much as he can possibly handle. You empty the tank on McDavid. You hope that you can stave off a sweep, but I, I don't particularly see, uh, even if the Oilers win this game, I don't think you get too much momentum from it. I, I think it's over in four or five. Game seven against the Los Angeles Kings. McDavid played 24 minutes. And 22 of that was an even strength. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think he goes over 24 minutes tonight? He had three points that night. He was plus three. Uh, the Oilers won and they continued. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think 27, 28 minutes. Like, I, really? I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even joking. Like, y you need Connor McDavid to play every second shift. I'm not I'm not kidding. Like there's unless the Oilers can kind of come out, take control of this game early and roll and put four or five on the board and 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 make it kind of a, a no doubter, I think you've got to empty the tank with Connor McDavid. You have no choice. He has been outdueled in this series by the Colorado Avalanche and his ice time uh so far has been twenty six minutes, forty seven seconds. 22 minutes, 43 seconds, 24 minutes, and 15 seconds. That's that's his ice time. He hasn't been lower than 22.43 mm -hmm. and topped out at 26.47 the last time out. That was in a uh, loss uh, in a great game, uh, which was decided late. Your idea of playing him 27 minutes or more seems to gain a, a lot of traction based on the recency of Connor McDavid. Now he's he's played 26 minutes twice so far in the playoffs. Uh, make that three times uh, because he did it once uh, against the Los Angeles Kings. That's that's wildly huge. Yeah, it's a lot to ask, but you know, again, I I, I think in this circumstance, you you gotta ride him, right? Like we know the engine that he has. We know how he's able to extend shifts and still have more jump, more juice than everyone else on the ice. Like this is a game where you're going to need an otherworldly performance from Connor McDavid. And it's going to come down to playing him a ton because you look beyond McDavid and dry especially now with Evander Kane out of the lineup, who's putting the puck in the back of the net for this Oilers team. Legitimate, legitimate question. Well, I think you could, you could look at others that need to step up. And and put the puck in the net, but. right? But if you're if you're banking on somebody to make a difference, it's McDavid and Drysaitel. Then it's everybody else. At what point? And this is more of a, a question for somebody that that understands the physiological uh, part of the body. Mm -hmm. But at what point, with a player like Connor McDavid, is it diminishing returns mm -hmm. on ice time, where his best weapon is his speed and the explosiveness? So at what point of ice time do, does he start to lose that? I'm talking about a 60-minute game. If it goes to overtime, everybody's kind of tends to, to equal out because everybody's playing more. But in a 60-minute game? Um, I, I mean, like we've seen him, what, hit 26 minutes a couple of times, yeah. as you mentioned, and some of those games were his best games of the year, right? Like the 26-minute the effort against the Los Angeles Kings was maybe the defining moment of Connor McDavid's career so far like he was that good and didn't seem to have any issues holding up his end of the bargain like 
diminishing returns is an interesting question because it becomes about the individual players diminishing returns, but also what are you leaving on the table if you play him a little less and play somebody else a little bit more? That's where I don't think there are diminishing returns. Even if Connor McDavid loses 5%, 10% from his top end speed once he gets over 24 minutes, I still think that Connor McDavid at 80 or 90% is better than a lot of other options the Oilers would have in his slot on the ice. Well, I think his ice time goes up uh, significantly, whether that's two minutes or uh, three minutes, which is significant in a National Hockey League game, uh, without the presence of Evander Kane, which is the uh, top goal scorer for the Edmonton Oilers in the postseason. He has been suspended one game for the hit early in game three on Nazem Kadri. You guys uh you guys agree with the one game suspension? Uh yeah, I mean it's it's the you playoff convinced there. It's the playoff multiplier, right? It's so it's two games like I, it's a dangerous play, it's a reckless play like you want to talk about reckless. Um, that's that's the definition of reckless Darren, not what Kadri didn't do to Jordan Biddington. Um, so yeah, like I I think that it's a worthy suspension. I, I see a lot of people are are saying like, well, you can't you can't sit there and, and suspend him because Kadri got hurt. But the fact of the matter is, when you commit an infraction and then there's an injury, that has to factor into everything. And then obviously there's reputation and all that. So I, I, I'm good with the suspension. I know that Oilers fans aren't happy with it. I know no one's really happy with kind of the outcome. Like the, the Avalanche feel like it should be longer. Uh, the Oilers feel like it shouldn't have been anything at all. And welcome to the NHL. I got no problem with it. I think it... He deserves to get suspended for it. He deserved everything he got. He probably should have been suspended more, but it's a playoff, so you're not going to suspend a guy for three, four games for something like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm fine with it. No, and- it's it's been a just a almost bizarre at times year for Evander Kane <laughs> uh, from his contract being terminated with the yeah. San Jose Sharks uh, to the, uh, well, before that, the one suspension, then another accusation where he uh, was ruled to be uh, in compliance uh, uh, crossing the border to signing on with the Edmonton Oilers for a uh, bottom market deal just to get back in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. And, and now as an unrestricted free agent, uh, is this where you say knew he would cross the line at some point, or is this just, part of playing hockey where he is a guy that that walks the line and it's going to happen from time to time. I mean, I I think that Evander Kane's done a lot of good for the advancement of his career this season, especially in the playoffs. When you look at his goal totals, like that's great, but there's always going to be that element to his game. He's always going to be one hit away from crossing a line. And like, I'm not even going to sit here and talk about the suspension because it is what it is. and, And it's important that that the Oilers are playing this game without arguably one of their best goal scorers. But the fact of the matter is, in that game, at that moment, that building was on fire. It was electric. Connor McDavid scores. You have all the momentum going your way. And then you make one of the dumbest plays that you could possibly make in that situation. You take your team completely out of the game. And even though Colorado didn't score on that five-minute major, they had the puck the entire time. Like Edmonton got taken completely out of their game because of that penalty. And to me, that's the reason they lost that game. Okay. So if you're a team this off season, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. are you less inclined or does it matter to you at all that he ended up being suspended for what could be the final game of the Stanley cup playoffs in a, in a game that his team really needed him? It should matter 
but Evander Kane will get a good deal next season. He will be on an NHL roster and he'll probably be making a lot of money doing it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think I don't think someone someone will sign him. I don't think they care too much about this. I mean, the guy's a good player. He's an idiot, but he's a really good player. And I think being a really good player outweighs the idiot part and someone will give him a lot of money. I think questionable judgment would be a better term. The, he's an idiot. <laughs> not yeah, sure. I mean, not sure we go around calling people those names uh, on this show, but that is that's uh, Chris Chapman, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, uh, and 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 not you or I. I'm not even mentioning our names uh, as as he does that. Uh, there there is going to be and has been uh, in our little world. And people listening would will have an opinion of it was just a matter of time before he crossed the line, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think there's some some truth to that. I don't know whether it's going to cost him anything or not. Yeah, but I think it's going to be a uh, a conversation that is a very fun conversation in the sense of there's there's debate on both sides. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think that. You know, you're you're looking at it and saying there's going to be some type of play, something that is going to preclude Evander Kane from being on the ice helping your team win. But then there's the other part of you that says 13 playoff goals in 13 games, more yeah. or less. So, like, the fact of the matter is, does it cost him maybe like $500,000 off on a deal? Probably. But I don't think that it's going to be anything that's that's really going to preclude Evander Kane from playing in the NHL. Like, I think he's going to get a deal. I don't think he's going to have to take uh, too much of a, of a, of a, of a wash with his salary because he was suspended one game. I would even argue that there's probably some in the hockey world that believes he shouldn't have been suspended, not just his team, but other players, because there have been other plays that have been looked very similar to what Evander did. And it didn't result in a suspension. So I, I think that, the fact of the matter is you start talking about a guy that, that scores a ton, he's always going to find a place in the NHL. Uh, I, I sure thought he the one-game suspension was was adequate. Uh, oh, I agree. And yeah. it's really, yeah, two games because he, was, he yeah. was out so early uh, in that other game. And just the idea that, that you can't oh. count on. Like, there's, something's happened. I, I didn't like some of the other uh, actions at times during the playoffs. Uh-huh. Where I, I I thought it was a little over the top, like just just try if scoring you can. a hat trick with well, with thirty was, seconds left or the, against the, the Kings putting the number, number seven up with your fingers to yeah. the crowd and um like that's gamesmanship it shouldn't bother me but uh, I'm sensitive to be honest with you like I'm not even mad at him for the seven fingers because he did like he was he was matching Adrian Kempe right so like if if I didn't have an issue with Adrian Kempe and I didn't mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with Evander Kane doing it the next game yeah uh, again I'm I'm overly sensitive but this it's weird this right this right be. now puts his team in a really delicate situation <laughs> when they need him the most and. Uh, that will be uh, the big uh, hurdle. Uh, it, it's not even, can McDavid play 29 minutes? Yeah, he can, but you shouldn't have to play him 29 minutes because you should have been able to win uh, the other night and be a 2-1 series like Tampa Bay is, uh-huh. and, you're, and you're right back into it. Uh, and uh, there is uh, uh, some some blame that uh, that I think deservedly so is pointed at the at the Oilers controversial uh, forward uh, for Colorado 
they got over the hump, uh, getting past the, the second round, and boy, do they look comfortable. Even though Kadri uh, reported them with a broken thumb mm-hmm. uh, surgery, uh, he won't be back anytime soon. Uh, that's going to definitely hurt them as he's playing some of his best hockey or, or the best hockey of his career. Uh, Colorado needs to try and wrap this up as soon as possible to try and have that as much rest as possible. Yeah, and they're they're already off to a, a pretty good start. Kale McCarr, one nothing Colorado, uh, just about 15, uh, five minutes into the game. So it, this could be one of the... Uh, most difficult games, and Edmonton as a dynasty, we talked about that in the hour number one, how few times that uh, the other team has, has carried around the Campbell Bowl uh, in Edmonton, uh, despite uh, uh, Edmonton reaching all those uh, third rounds over the course of their history. Uh, this could be one of the more challenging games for an Oilers fan to watch, and I hope Edmonton's able to make a game of it, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just got all the earmarks of one of those it's over type games. They should have changed their jerseys. <laughs> You don't like those, eh? They're terrible. They are bad. They're the worst jerseys that they have. That they have. Well, that's not bad. The orange jerseys are so. No, much no, better. no, no, no. Like, like I'm, I'm putting in like the the oil one. Like that's just a. That, oh, the wrench. Yeah, yeah. The wrench and the oil. <laughs> like this is literally the worst Edmonton Oilers jersey ever, in in history. Wow. It's terrible. Every you get to the playoffs when you're when you're on the ropes facing elimination. Mm-hmm. Every franchise. It should be uh, like uh, mind games. Every franchise should have to wear what is voted to be the worst sweater. No, in organization <laughs> history. No. So the uh, the New York Islanders are facing elimination. Oh, okay. Yeah, they I'm, have to wear I mean, the fisherman sweater. You mean the greatest jersey they've ever yeah, had? Ryan yeah. likes those. <laughs> well, they're phenomenal. <laughs> so uh, that like, there's two teams in particular. Uh-huh. Uh Maybe three. Uh, there's Montreal. There's Detroit, mm-hmm. and there's Toronto. Sure, they wouldn't really have to worry because they they haven't changed. Now Toronto, a little they've done the shoulders uh, a little bit, but Montreal and Saint Detroit, Pats. let's go, are are, are are virtually untouched. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, sure, has had a bad jersey. The 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 Winnie the Pooh on the Boston Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> imagine fa- imagine going in like we're facing elimination tonight uh-huh. and we have to wear Winnie the Pooh it's on the front of our sweater. Still not as bad as the Oilers jerseys. And don't don't do it with the Rangers because I th- I think Ryan might jump through the microphone if you mention the Statue of Liberty being bad for the Rangers. No, 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 no. No. The Rangers I'm, don't have bad yeah, jerseys. They've never had no, a bad no, jersey. No, no, they they do. You guys. No, they don't. You're too young. Okay. You're too young. You forget. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. They wore the shield on their sweater for a while. The shield's not bad. Yeah. One one or one or two years. Okay. Uh that uh I was not a big fan of. Uh-huh. Uh and and I know the the, the options. I mean they, they have good sweaters. Sure. They do. Yeah. So that's the uh the the lowest one that I can grab. But mm. uh I wasn't a big fan. Now there's there's others though, like Vancouver oh. with the V. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the V the V would be terrible. The electric skate would be phenomenal. Uh, I have uh, one of those somewhere. Uh, the electric skate, I, I I don't mind, but the V it's bad is uh, is is terrible. How <laughs> about I, the Anaheim Ducks? What about oh. face elimination with the cartoon? Oh, like the like Wild Wing jumping <laughs> yeah. out of the ice. Yeah. What about yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what about that's the jersey? Bad. Let me. Everything that you're bringing up right now, Darren, is still not as bad as the Oilers' current jerseys. Hmm. I don't not, know the, the it, ones the Oilers had or the the Ducks had last year for their their uh, 
Well, well, a reverse well, yeah, retro. Because, because retro. That was out. because that they was screwed awful. it up. Well, but it was terrible. No, 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 no. The, the reverse retro was fine. The the throwback history, all of the different types of jerseys with the Ducks. That one was bad. The fact of the matter is, like Darren, you're watching the game, right? Like you've yeah. got the game up in front yeah. of you. When you look out at the fans in Edmonton, yeah, it's orange. Nobody's no wearing that. No one's wearing these yeah. jerseys. What yeah. are they thinking? Yeah. No, 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 you're right. Not a hot seller in Edmonton. And terrible. And just look from an they announcer. They deserve to get swept in those. From an announcer standpoint, and oh. we'll go inside baseball a little bit. Yeah. It's really hard to see the numbers. The worst uh, jerseys. It, it's, it doesn't compare to San Jose's reverse retro last year. Sure. Which, if you were in the penalty box, you couldn't read the numbers uh, <laughs> on, on, on those sweaters on the ice. Yeah. Uh, and Gosher and I had a lot of conversations about those uh, those sweaters. Oh, but, uh, but yeah, these ones, uh, these ones are, are, t- are tough to wear. But I like my idea. Can you imagine a Game 7, yeah. the Stanley Cup final between – like Vancouver yep. and the New York Islanders, mm-hmm. which which they did go to a Stanley Cup final against each other. It didn't go seven, uh, but uh, with the with the fishermen against the V, like, I'd be all over it. That'd be that'd fantastic. Be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and and having to watch those highlights over and over and over again, oh, for years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was that was Game Seven because they're wearing those sweaters. It'd be a it'd be a calling card. Uh, I love it. So you think uh, the Colorado Avalanche are going to march into the Stanley Cup final? Uh, that would be awesome. Hasn't happened in a really long time for the Avs, but they got over the hump of that second round, and now they are uh, looking at bouncing the Edmonton Oilers and come to a fast thud for the Oilers uh, after reaching uh, the third uh, round and uh, eliminating the Calgary Flames. When we continue, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, it's one-timers on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Big news today is the Boston Bruins uh, created a coaching vacancy when they parted ways with Bruce Cassidy. Cassidy had uh, made the playoffs in every full season with the Boston Bruins, had won a round in every season coaching the Boston Bruins outside of this year when they were so banged up and, uh, and, uh, and fell to the Carolina Hurricanes. Are you surprised or are you... Sh- uh, Looking at this as just time running his course with Boston. So, like, I think Bruce Cassidy is a really good hockey coach. I don't think he's going to be out of work for very long. But I think that the writing's on the wall with the Bruins, especially if Patrice Bergeron hangs them up. Like, this is a team that the window's closed. I think you kind of take away expectations to do much of anything next season. And to me, the right play is temporary pain for a year or two, try to recharge, try to get some good players, some good prospects in the pipeline and retool so that in, you know, two years time, you can have a a greater window than uh, one that's likely closed. Even if you try to run it back or bring in, uh, bring back David Krejci and run it back with Patrice Bergeron, I don't think they're winning anything next year anyway. I say temporary pain, retool, move forward. Do you think this decision by the Boston Bruins affects Patrice Bergeron's decision to play next year or not in any way? 
Um, no, I I don't. I like we're we're talking about a guy that just won the Selkie. Like he had a phenomenal year. Patrice Bergeron is kind of in a class all his own. But I, I think that there's a lot of mileage on his body, and there's a lot that goes into the decision. I don't know that a new coach is really high on that priority list. I think Bergeron has to make the determination of whether or not he wants to play. That's first and foremost above everything else, and I don't think the coach matters all that much. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, does he come back uh, if he liked uh, Bruce Cassidy? Is, uh, do I do I want to come back and do that all over again with a new guy? Or uh, not that it's a huge uh, learning curve uh, for somebody of, of his ilk. Uh, the other part is if it's a teardown for one year, mm-hmm. I'm done. See you later. Walk yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if I'm Bergeron, I I. <laughs> I don't know. I just get the sense that this is like if I'm Bergeron, right? Like you've won a Stanley Cup, you've been the captain, you've got five Selkies. Like it's ridiculous. You go out on top. Like I don't know that it's going to get any better. And and the fact of the matter is, like unless Patrice Bergeron wants to play for two or three more years, he's not going to get another opportunity winning a Stanley Cup. He's just not. Mm-hmm. They're not good enough. Uh, we have the NHL draft coming up uh, in a month from now, uh, the 7th and the 8th in Montreal. Mm-hmm. The Montreal Canadiens hold the first overall pick. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes have three first-round picks and four seconds. Read something uh, quoting uh, their management today in which they're looking at holding on to those four second-round picks. Would you be highly shocked if they did that because i would be i mean it's not smart strategy to hold on to them but we're talking about arizona so i wouldn't be terribly shocked if they did something that didn't make any sense and i think they had three last year in the second yeah i mean i would turn those into assets that can help you now honestly like but it's arizona like i'm not i'm not again i'm not going to be terribly surprised if they hold on to something that isn't really going to provide them any value. You know, like the conversation we were having in the break about Devontae's, he was acquired for two second-round picks, and that's looking like a really, really good move by the Colorado Avalanche. So there are really right. good players you can get for second-round picks. They took advantage of a team that was in uh, cap hell you're not, at the time you're uh, with the New York Islanders. You're not going to find circumstances that are going to yield a player like that for two second-round picks, but... I would argue that there are things you can do with first-round picks and second-round picks <clears throat> offer sheets. Yeah. The other part, Arizona is a little complicated because of their building. Uh, sure. We've got the, uh, the the draft, as mentioned, in Montreal. The number one rated prospect is Shane Wright. Uh, he had uh, the exceptional status uh, for the Ontario Hockey League where he was allowed to play when he was 15 years of age. Mm-hmm. Uh, very rare that a player is allowed to play at 15 years of age in major junior hockey. Uh, the number two pick in a lot of boards uh, that has uh, climbed up the rankings list lately is my new favorite name in <laughs> sports <laughs> slovakian yurhai yep. slavkovsky that is a name that i would love to talk about over and over that's a cool name uh yeah yurhai slavkovsky at least now i know how to pronounce it uh, I, i'm just taking a big stab at it because it looks uh, uh fairly <laughs> you well, you... uh, it's obvious <laughs> well I, I, i'm not gonna ask chapman we did have Chapman try to spell it phonetically. He did a pretty good job, actually. It wasn't too far off. It was well done. Mm-hmm. Good job. Uh, 
Patrick Liney is fully recovered from his back injury. Nice. He uh, is a, a player that uh, was limited to just 56 games. Mm-hmm. What do you think the price tag is on Patrick Liney, who needs a new contract? He made seven and a half last year. Uh, eight uh, and a half? Hmm. Yeah, I Maybe? Don't th- I, I don't know whether he gets a big raise at all. Like, I, I think that the opportunity's there, but maybe eight, eight and a half, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, incredible talent, but he goes on such tears <laughs> and then disappears for a while. Uh, the beauty of it. I, I do I do love my Patrick Liney when he's going, uh, going on, on a big run. Uh, the NHL Draft Combine was held last week in Buffalo which makes my mouth water for the Buffalo Chop House. Uh, It's uh, one of the best places in the world to eat. Hmm. But they put all the prospects, uh, teams will interview them. They'll they'll go through different uh, scenarios. But then Mm -hmm. they also have fitness testing. And uh, and that's basically why the Combine really does exist, to make sure, get a a baseline uh, on uh, on it, and then how everybody else uh, achieves. What's the best event that you would, excel at at an nhl draft combine is it the bike mm-hmm. is it the the jump or the standing jump or the vertical jump uh, uh agility give me an idea of where you would excel when it comes to fitness testing uh certainly wouldn't be pull-ups um it certainly would not be the agility testing or the jump uh my vertical is non-existent um I would say probably the bike and the bench press. Like th- those would probably be the two things that I do um, not well at all, but not embarrassing scores. I would probably be good at a speed event. Speed I was, event. I was a pretty fast runner when I was younger, so I would imagine the speed. This I, is current. This is like modern yeah. day. Yeah, well, not, yeah. not I, you when you were younger. I, I would still, well... <laughs> then I'd be good at n- <laughs> none of them because I didn't have hops when I was a teenager, and I certainly don't have them now. Uh, agility, I'm probably tearing an ACL. Uh, so well, That's not good. Yeah, I, I'd, that checked I'd out. be good at none of them. So <laughs> that that's probably as honest as I could get. It, I was fascinated. Agility and balance, mm-hmm. there's a left uh, time and there's a right time. Yeah. Like on, on your starting line. Terrible at both. But like the bike, it's just suffering, right? Like, I wouldn't have good outputs, but I'd be able to get through it. Yeah. I, I, I would suffer through it. Like, that. that's perfectly fine with me. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be good at any of them. I'll come clean. I, I, I'm on strict orders to pass on the bike, so I would have had to... Uh... <laughs> had to walk past that one. So, so what would what would you have given my, 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 my recent history? Even if uh, it's stationary. Even if it's stationary. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, I get it. I'm uh, not going down that. Uh, I, I like the the standing uh, vertical jump, like the no harm arms, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. you have to where you have to jump, uh, and the the length uh, the standing uh, broad jump. Uh, I, I don't mind that. Uh, other than that, I don't know. Like it's it's really I don't want anything to do with the VO two. Uh, the body fat. I'm, I don't even want my score published. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll, I'll take a DNF on on the body fat. They they, they list the top twenty five in uh-huh. each one of these categories. Yep. Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth is 
8.11%. Yeah, no way. Wow. Eight point, and that's 25th. The winner, uh, Noah Osland, uh, was 6.82. And then Jack Hughes, nice. the uh, son of the Montreal Canadiens executive, was uh, 6 uh, and change. They were the only two uh, with a 6 at the start. 6! Wow. That's my pinky. Unreal. There was, there was a time. There was a time. There was no time. Oh, not, come not, on. Not that. There was no. there was no time. Listen, six percent. Get I, out of I, here. I will. I will send you guys a picture of me oh, when I, I when it. I was in high school. Uh, I, Chapman, come on. I was I was an elite runner, and then I introduced to beer, and all that changed. But no, there was a time. I don't know if it was six percent, but it was definitely under ten. There's a huge difference between six and ten. I, yeah, like four percent. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But like, oh no, I know. I'm vi- with you. I'm with you, Ryan. Visually speaking, there's 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 ten percent, which is in shape. I very I was, very in shape. I was quite and then literally skin which and is bones. Sh- okay. Yeah, I'm, you I'm, probably I'm, I'm didn't have Ryan enough muscle mass to be six percent body fat there. I didn't say it was six, Come but it it was it was really low. Ugh. Twenty fifth is eight. Yeah, ridiculous. Twenty fifth is eight. Uh, keep that in mind as uh, as we make our way through the week. Top twenty five between six and eight percent body fat. Uh, those are your one timers. News notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Powell Law. Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Catching up with Chapman. Uh, we'll see what is. Uh, we'll get the calipers out to see what uh, <laughs> what his body fat is on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Chapman, you'll be excited tomorrow when Zach Whitecloud joins the VGK Insider Show. First time we've had a chance to talk to him since the World Championships uh, that just concluded in Finland. So get your question ready. We may go to you. I'm not promising. No, no. I'm not promising, but we may go to you. There's so many good things I could ask him about Finland. Oh, I'm, I I have to really narrow it down now, but I'll have something ready. I'll have right. something ready. That's going to be an hour number one tomorrow. Oh what do you have for us at the back end of hour number two today? Well, uh, I tweeted out this morning that today is the 78th anniversary of D-Day. Uh, obviously, lots of American and Canadian soldiers stormed the shores of Normandy and France to help liberate Europe. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're, we're losing a lot of those those vets. So if you know one, thank them, because uh, without them, the world would be a very, very different place. So, uh, yeah, that, that's it. If you know a World War II vet, thank them for their service, because, like I said, it would be a much, much different world today if not for their sacrifice and their service. Uh, have you ever been? No, I'd like to. I've been, I've been to France a few times, but never had the ability to make it to Normandy. I'd, I'd love to go. It, it's just one of those places where... I would imagine it a lot like Pearl Harbor, very somber kind of place. Yeah, no, and and there, I mean, there's different uh, beaches, different uh, places where uh, the uh, attacks occurred, the assaults uh, uh, occurred, and trying to liberate France. So it's uh, it's definitely on uh, uh, on the list of places to to visit and uh, pay tribute to, uh, and the different uh, uh, statues and different uh, memoriams. Yeah, I read. I read that. I think it was over seventy thousand Canadian troops. So our brothers in Canada also helped uh, tremendously in in that. Uh, I think it was called Operation Overlord. Oh, is that right? Yes. 
Operation Overlord. Uh, we'll uh, say a prayer and uh, acknowledge uh, those. Uh, January or uh, June 6th. Uh, uh, wow, a long time ago. It's hard to believe uh, now. Uh, the update from the Western Conference Final in Game 4, Ryan, is what? One nothing, Colorado at the end of the first period, a first period in which Connor McDavid played nine minutes and 36 seconds. Nine minutes, 36. So yep. you're having him play roughly 27 minutes or more. Mm -hmm. That puts him on track uh, with that. Uh, the Oilers, however, are not in front. Uh, what down one nothing isn't a bad place to be right now if you're an Oilers fan. Get through it, settle yourself, and try and try and come back. I, when when Colorado scored early, mm -hmm. I was fearful that this was going to be a really terrible, disappointing night for Edmonton. And you don't want to go out like that, four straight, and uh, and losing on home ice and getting blown out of the building. Mm -hmm. A lot a lot of good has happened around that franchise. So I'm 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 wishing them a bit of luck tonight. Yeah, I got some bad news for you. I don't oh, think what it's happened? Going to happen. Oh, really? I don't think it's going to happen. I thought you had. Uh, I I know I'm about uh, two minutes behind. On, on my feed, so I thought for sure you had uh, a little <laughs> bit more uh, coming away. Just the, just the uh, Ryan Wallace spider senses. Uh, tomorrow, Zach Whitecloud will uh, pop on the program. Uh, send us a comment. Uh, send us uh, maybe a question or two. Uh, love to hear from you. Ryan the Hockey Guy and Magnum702 on Twitter. Uh, they will take your questions and they will uh, forward along and we will uh, see if we can uh, get uh, a couple of listener questions for the VGK defenseman who has had a whirlwind uh, season uh, between the career high for goals, uh, being out of the lineup, and then a World Hockey Championship appearance for Team Canada. Looking forward to uh, that. And we could have a Western Conference champion as of tomorrow. And, of course, the Eastern Conference going into Game 4 between Tampa and those pesky team from the New York Rangers. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fox Sports Las Vegas.